0: Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Just before we get into the video, and I do go off on a little bit of a tangent, I hope you'll enjoy it, about the real problem at stake here with the Church Militant thing that continues to look more and more absurd. Before we do that, I want to talk about the Canadian Martyrs Men's Conference. Uh, The weekend of February 17th, 2024, in Stratford, Ontario, the second annual Canadian Martyrs Men's Conference with keynote speaker Father Michel Rion will be held in Stratford. This is put on by the Holy Name Society in uh, the New Hamburg um, Society of St. Pius 10th Parish. And myself, Tim Flanders, um, Father Rion, and other priestly speakers, 2BD, will be speaking at this conference. It's the only traditional Catholic men's conference in North America. Look that up. It's true. There's men's conferences, but not traditional Catholic ones. Begins Friday evening with an optional meet and greet where we have a pub and we'll have some drinks and share some fellowship and eat some fish and chips and whatever, and get ready for the next day. The day is packed full of speakers, starting with mass or the rosary. Um, There's confessions available all day, uh, fully served, uh, you know, uh, meals. And everyone who gets there also is able to have a cigar provided by the conference itself. So check out the link in the description of this video for that and enjoy the show. Oh, I should add, sorry, it's $100 Canadian, which if you're in the States is like 72 bucks. So I think that's a a pretty good price for coming to a pretty excellent event. All right, now, for real, enjoy the show. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Well, the news coming out of Church Middleton is, well, it's what many people would have expected if you understand the way that those things go with the personnel that was there. Nonetheless, it is pretty shocking. I'm not going to actually show any of the uh, revelations, so to speak, in their full... Definition here on the channel. The reason is twofold. One, it's very vile. I don't want to scandalize my audience. Two, I also don't want to give the whistleblowers, former employees of Church Milton, any airtime. Now, there are many people who worked for Church Milton who I'm sure were good people and didn't know what was going on in in an, an objective sense. Listen, we've all worked for companies, organizations, whatever. And there are things that if you're in a certain department, you don't really know what's going on, you hear rumors. It's not your job to substantiate these things. So I'm not here to throw stones at every single person who ever worked for the organization. But I'm specifically talking here about those who are coming out as, you know, they were the talking head personalities from Church Milton. And now that they've got laid off conveniently, now they're on a moral crusade to uncover the corruption at Church Milton. They just weren't willing to do so when it gave them a paycheck. So uh, take that as you will. So I'm not going to give them any airtime. Also, these individuals are detestable in many ways, considering how anti-tradition they are. Um, and the amount of lies, calumny, and scandal, and slandering they've done to people over the years, so they deserve, they deserve what's coming to them. I mean, I'm not here to gloat or anything like that, but when you're involved in that sort of organization, and you support it, and you promote it, and you destroy people's lives with what you've done, you know, what goes around comes around, as they say. Murphy's Law, whatever. We don't believe in karma as Catholics, uh, but we do believe that you reap what you sow, so there you go. All right, so what have we learned from this church militant saga, though? Because that's the real kicker? Because right now we're seeing everything from massive sexual impropriety within the organization, within its, with its founder, uh, stuff that was known. We're seeing evi- we're seeing allegations, at least they seem pretty strong as evidence of even types of cover-up. I'm not going to say for certain, but that's what it's coming out in, in the press. Um, we're seeing massive financial impropriety in the tunes of tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is basically. Uh, you know, using the money that the donors, who I would imagine were of goodwill, donated to the organization, they've been taken for a ride. It's, it's it's in some ways kind of even fraudulent when you look at how some of it's used. I'm not saying illegally. By the way, I'm in Canada, so you can't sue me. So just uh, relax, guys. Um, and uh, we're also seeing now a lawsuit, which is a real thing you can find in the press, uh, from a priest in New Hampshire who's going after the figureheads of Church Milton. I believe the organization as a whole for defamation and so on and so forth. Well, all of these things are to be expected given how Church Militant operated for many years. So I want to kind of get to, as I said, what we've learned and some comments that I've been seeing from people about this organization. A lot of people are saying things like, well, listen, you know, um, this doesn't negate all the good Church Militant did, et cetera. You know, uh, I supported them uh, in some ways, but not everything they did. You know, everyone has problems. Everyone has demons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, that's all true. We're all sinners. We all are, you know, falling short of the glory of God. We all need God's grace. You know, Lord, save us all, et cetera, et cetera. There's no no denying that. But there is a difference between some of us have problems with particular sins, and some of us have problems with particular sins, and then we solicit millions of dollars from the unsuspecting public, and then we go after individuals and accuse them of the sins we're actually guilty of. There's a big difference between, you know, my colleagues might not be the best people in the world, and I work at an organization that calls itself Catholic. I know my colleagues are not the best people in the world and go against the teachings of the church. Yet I will continue to work in that environment and promote these individuals and go after the enemies of this organization in order to promote a message, which I know we are all hypocritical about considering we don't live it out. You know, this is why, for example, is it lawful if you find out that your neighbor is involved in some sort of nepotistic tax evasion scheme? Uh, is it is it lawful to go after this man and and blast him to the press? Should you do that sort of thing? Of course you shouldn't do that sort of thing. It's it's his sins. It's wrong. I mean, if you'd like to go to the authorities because you think a crime has been committed, you can make that decision. Um, but no, you don't blast him over social media. You don't uh you know put him in the newspapers or whatever because you find out that he has a problem on the other hand if you find out the mayor of your town or city is doing this sort of thing is it lawful to go to the press about this yes it is and here's why because when someone is in a certain position of influence then the scandals and the immorality and the criminal behavior the un, uh, immoral, unlawful behavior um, that that person is partaking in, that will actually affect the good, the co- both the common good and the public good of the society. It will denigrate people's belief in the goodness of governance. Uh, it will denigrate people's belief in the goodness of political life. It will den- it'll make people cynical. It will denigrate the reputation that the town has. It will affect the welfare of the city. And the town, because there will be less investors monetarily because they see this as a place of corruption, um, and uh, it will also compromise the security of the people that live there. you know, you can see where you go with this. There's a reason why you know it's the old expression, the bigger you are, the harder you fall. Um, depending on the office that you have, this will make a difference in the way that the response to your scandal takes place or carries out. And this is something that's always been understood as sound and moral. Obviously there's certain lines you don't cross you don't go fishing for, you know, so-and-so's, you know, personal sins in the bedroom just because you have a vendetta. No one's saying that. But when there are, when there's an intersection between the grave immorality of a person and the way they run their organization and the way that they treat other people, demonstrate their office, um, you know, allocate their money, use the funds given to them by the unsuspecting public and so forth. Now we have a position where were beyond just sort of personal scandal and into something that is of the public interest. Now, is Church Milton a government organization? No. So, uh, is it of the same caliber or influence? Well, in the life of Catholics, there is a massive amount of influence that Church Milton has had. That organization has ruined countless people's lives. You know, people were duped by this organization. Many good Catholics were duped by this organization. Um, But personally, well, and in the beginning probably around 2017 or so, I was watching some of the Vortex videos because I never had a problem with Michael Voris' directness. I, I didn't. That wasn't an issue to me. Um, I don't think people would say I'm not a direct person, so that doesn't bother me. Um, but I started to realize, even before the anti-SSPX stuff was coming out, I started to realize that there was a, an unethical, immoral nature in the way that they did their reporting. I'm going to explain what that is as, as we go here. And when I saw that, I realized to myself. I said, "You know what? Will church militant do some good in the sense of they just objectively report things that are true that are helpful to people? Sure, the Washington Post can do that. You know, um, I'm putting together some notes about uh, the the app Hallow, which has come out in support. of, uh, Anyway, it's it, there's a there's a pro abortion scandal going on at that supposedly Catholic app, and I'm putting together some notes. And one of the one of the resources that has been most helpful is actually Vice News. Vice News is a disgusting cesspool of leftist, uh, leftist morality. Nonetheless, they really hate Christians and Catholics, so they've been trying to take down Hallow for a long time, and some of their information is just biased nonsense. But some of the things that they've unearthed objectively are real problems with Hallow, uh, even if they're not problems for the reason that the leftists think they are. But the point is, there are problems. But do I support Vice News? Not at all. So Vice News is a detestable organization like, you know, any liberal reg is. Nonetheless, truth is truth. And if their revelations of certain things do good, then it is what it is. Um, Church militant was like that. Did they report certain things that were helpful to people? Sure. Would Mike Voris do some vortexes that, you know, would make sense of certain problems in the church for people and that was helpful? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, again, you know, blind man can can hit the target. Broken clock is right twice a day. But at a certain point, I realized with the way the Church militant was, was um, publishing and reporting on scandal that there was a real problem. So I think people have fallen, largely many of us have fallen into what we'll call the myth of journalism. And I talked about this in a priorish episode about a similar topic. What is the myth of journalism? Well, the myth of journalism is that if something is true or if something is important to people, Therefore, it, well, must be reported on. If not, it's not sinful to report on it. The thing is, is it can be sinful or at least immoral or at least, well, adjacent to sin to report on things um, just for the sake of it. And this applies to everything. So, we have no doubt gone through a general abuse crisis that has been, you know, a real problem in the church. No one denies this. Uh, Many people have been affected by it. And, you know, the punishments for those who are abusers cannot be severe enough. There are things I can't say on YouTube. I get my channel taken down is what I think should be done to these men. Nonetheless, it's happened. But it's not just about the abusers, is it? It's about the victims. And victims don't always want to have information about them on blast. Victims do not always want to hear that they're a victim. Victims do not always want to be the subject of some sort of story. In fact, I'm sure if you were to ask most people, um, is it righteous or or do you want, if, if someone's abused, do you want there to be a story on an international media platform about what happened to you? I think most people would say not on your life. I think most people, they've tried to move on. They've tried to get help. Hopefully they've healed and they're just trying to forget about it. The last thing they want is to be the part is to be part of some sort of, you know, international media frenzy. It doesn't justify this type of continual scandal reporting just because scandal's been unearthed. It's not that simple. Because when you're going to be reporting about certain things, you have to do a sort of cost-benefit analysis. You have to say things like, first of all, is this information public? Does the public have the right to it? That's not always the case. Even no one, Not everyone, we don't have the right to know everybody's sins. And the funny thing is, is that this is now a line coming out of Church Milton supporters is there's no business in this, you know, this is just slandering the good name of the people at Church Milton. It's like, really? That's your argument now? After everything they've gone through, everything they've done to people, now it's somehow not okay to just report the facts? Anyway. Um... But it's not always the case that it's moral to report what we know to be people's sins. This is why in the church, the confessional is private. There are plenty of things that people have gone through in their lives that are in positions of influence in Catholic media, conservative media, etc. And they've all confessed things that they regret, that they wish they never did. It's not moral to report on those things uh, just because we can find evidence of them. There has to be a reason. So, with the case with the with the aspect of abuse or scandal well you have to ask yourself what is the purpose of reporting on this if it, is the purpose of reporting on this so that someone can be famous is the intention to report on it so that we can you know get clicks for organization or is the intention that there's a an aspect of the public common welfare of Catholics and society writ large, and by sharing this information, we can uh, help to make things better for people. Now, that could be the case, but if that's not the motivation, then what makes an organization outlet different just because they call themselves Catholic? than the National Enquirer. Remember, the National Enquirer. This is the same magazine or newspaper, whatever it is, that you know reports on alleged like alien babies or whatever it does. People might remember, the National Enquirer broke the Tiger Woods story. Remember that? The Tiger Woods story, I think I was in high school, maybe in university. It would have been 15 years ago or so, whatever it was. And, you know, he was on the top of the world, best golfer ever, blah, blah, blah. And it turned out that he was an adulterer and having a whatever. It was so wrong for them to report on that man's life. It was so wrong what they did to him. doesn't matter if it's true. It was so wrong what they did to him. They ruined his wife's life. They ruined his children's life. Like, people have problems in their personal lives all the time. Just because someone's famous, you don't get to destroy their life. And when I look at the reporting of Church Militant um, on how they've reported on things, this seems never to have been an equation in their reporting. I'm sure maybe the odd person had a conscience about it, but it was never... a. It, it never wasn't, it was never part of the equation. It was how do we make, you know, the church look like it's full of scandal? That was, that was seemingly always the, the, um, the modus operandi of Church Milton. And granted, people are going to throw rocks at me and say, Hey, Kenny, you're a traditionalist. You've talked poorly about some of the things Pope Francis have said. Listen, there's a big difference between there is stuff that's in the public and it's confusing to people and people want to have clarity on that and we do our best to provide that because we're sadly not getting this from our shepherds which you know i I always say i wish we lived in a world where catholic youtube didn't exist you know in the sense of wouldn't it be great if it was just like you know the time of let's say fulton sheen when there was a bishop on the radio you know he was teaching the faith where there were you know priests that were orthodox and faithful teaching as headmasters of schools whatever i wish that was what was going on but that's not what we're in so There's a void, and those of us who love the church do our best to fill it. We make mistakes, but we do our best. There's a big difference between, you know, a crazy statement from Pope Francis circulating, something that looks heretical from Pope Francis is circulating, and those of us are trying to help people make sense of it so they don't leave the church. There's a very big difference between that and our modus operandi is to go looking through people's garbage cans to find receipts to damn their souls that's a very big difference i'll give you an example of, of of this coming this thing that i've had to deal with as a journalist when i was working for life news and this was a story that was reported so this isn't like private information there was a priest a canadian priest named father thomas Rosica. father Rosica, god save his soul i mean that uh is an academic fraud and was caught with years decades of academic fraudulence um also very much a liberal promoting things that are against the faith. Um, he's a bazillion, not a Jesuit. Um, nonetheless, um, he was involved in this scandal here in Canada. And LifeSite News reported on um, Father Rosica's scandal. And he ended up getting in a lot of trouble for it and having to go private for a while. And before I worked there, this is, this initially happened, and I'll get to what happened while I was there. Um, Father Rosica, the debate the, the, the talking to the the woman who had done the investigative reporting on him. The reason why they chose to go forward with this was because they had there were attempts made numerous times in Father Rosica's life to get him to stop doing what he had done. If you don't know who he was, you're in the States. There's a Canadian EWTN wannabe called Salt and Light TV. He was like the CEO of that or whatever. He was trying to make himself into the king of Catholic media in Canada, blah, blah, blah. So... So he was in a position where lots of money was going his way, and it turned out he was an intellectual and academic fraud going back decades. But he had this insatiable desire to be in the limelight. Very much a, a narcissistic way of life, if that makes sense. And uh, he was going to destroy himself unless he was reined in. So there was a decision made by the journalist, the good journalist at LifeSite, that they were going to expose him for the public scandals of his fraudulence that had been confusing the public and he'd been lying about it for decades in order to stop him. And that was the only thing they could do. And it, it worked. Then when I was at LifeSight and I was writing a story about there was a, a, a rumor of Father Razica coming back into the, li- the limelight. And um, basically... This man who should never be in front of the camera again, this priest of Jesus Christ who had gravely sinned in public for decades, who should just go to a monastery for the rest of his life and save his soul. It was the Jesuits in Canada who were going to be resurrecting Father Rozica's basically priestly media career. And we caught wind of it. And we immediately went after it and published a story about it, talked to the Jesuits about it, got a comment about it, and, and, and thankfully... His, his, his comeback seemed to have stopped. And we did this because we actually care about Father Rizika. And for some reason, the people around him just wouldn't stop him from doing that. And in fact, we're promoting him, even though they knew what we all knew. And we said, this is, this is a priest who's going to have to stand before Jesus Christ when he dies. And we really hope he's in good standing. There is a time and a place for reporting about certain things. But there's a very big difference, as I said, if with people just go fishing for scandal all the time. And when you're fishing for scandal all the time, you end up hurting more people than you end up helping. Again, it's not because scandal's not real. There, but, but think about it like this. you live in a, Let's say you live in a city of 100,000 people. Do you know how many hundreds of thousands of sins are committed every day? Do you know how many people have problems with their marriages? With their personal lives, with their pornography addictions, with their gambling habits, with their drug. I mean, this is all very sad, but the majority of people are living in mortal sin. I I would probably just estimates, I would probably say 90% plus of people are living in mortal sin in this world. I mean, just do the math about who goes to confession, who doesn't, you know? And, but should we be reporting on all of this just because it's true? Should we be going to every single company that exists and saying, hey, your CEO has a, a, he was cheating on his wife, you know, we need to do an expose on him. This is so evil. This is so evil. This is his is this continual desire to bring to light the sins of others. And what do you find in people? What do you find when you look at this church militant situation? What do you find? You find that the organization that was obsessed, obsessed with the sexual and financial sins of bishops, priests, the SSPX, whatever, you find that these people were obsessed with the sins of others turn out to be a festering dung hole of iniquity. And those of us who understood how this psychology worked, we knew this all along. We knew this all along. But we couldn't talk about this because look what Church Milton would do. Instead of owning up to things, they would double down and they would literally spend hundreds of thousands of dollars going after ind- independent podcasters or other people, suing people. Because this is what the devil does, and this is how demons work. And this brings me to my next point. Look what's happening now. The people who are now doing the whistleblowing about Church Milton, there's no solidarity between them. They're all coming out, wanting their 15 minutes of fame. I shouldn't say it's all of them, but most of them. There's some people who have watched their stuff, and they, they do seem like just average people who just kind of went, Whoa, what's going on here? And they just kind of want to tell the truth because they want to help the donors. I get that. but the individuals who are kind of like trying to be famous, you know who they are. All of a sudden, now they're all the heroes. Well, you know, I was trying to fix the organization from within. No you weren't. Well, this wasn't what I signed up for. You know, this place was great until I f- No, it was never great. If you couldn't see that Church Militant was an immoral organization 5 years ago with how they reported on things without like if you just couldn't see the holes in their journalism and the methodology that they use, then you thought like them already. Then you believe what they were doing was fine and what they were doing was never fine. The way that they did things was just not okay. Just, anyway, we've gone over this. But now what we're seeing is that those who have left Church Militant, they're all now coming out saying, well, I was the good one. They knew about it. Well, you know, they're coming out, making themselves into these moral heroes when really they're just implicit in the whole, they're complicit in the whole thing anyway for all the time they were there and all the things they knew and they covered up. Which they're admitting, and now this is how demonic psychology works. And I think that that place, Church Milton, is demonized. I mean that. You know, anyone who's worked there, you know, get on the phone and call up a good exorcist and say, "Come in here with some holy water and get the demons out of here." Because there's no way you can have a den of iniquity that is is, that is that stinks of sulfur as much as that place without having some sort of demonic infestation. It's impossible. And those of you who are saying things like, well, you know, church militant did some good. Guess what? If I gave you a plate, a Thanksgiving dinner, lots of good in it, right? What if I said that there was a little, a little shard of glass in it? Don't worry, most of it doesn't have any glass. Would you eat it? No, you wouldn't. You can't say that church militant did a lot of good when they ruined people's lives. You can't say that. They didn't do good. Church militant ruined people's lives. They ruined Catholics' lives based on rumors. And even if people were legitimately sinful, no one has the right to go destroy and ruin someone's life. This is like... Imagine you found out that somebody was suicidal. Somebody was legitimately dealing with questions about suicide. But it also turned out that that person was wasting their, their family's savings account gambling. You know that if you go and... Make that information public when that person's already having suicidal ideations. That even though you don't ultimately make the decision for them to kill themselves, there's implicitly or there's there's remotely some sort of blood on your hands if you go make a story about that person and he hangs himself. Everyone understands this. You can't just go and again, I've been over this, but I'm just trying to hammer home here. Church militant has been evil for a long time, and people need to see this. We can't operate like church. And here's a problem as well. You see, church militant is getting lumped in with right-wing Catholicism. No, there is nothing Catholic about church militant. It is a news organization that reports on the church. It is not a Catholic organization. It's a place where Catholics work. I'm not a Catholic organization. I'm Kennedy Hall and I have a podcast and I talk about Catholicism most of the time, but I am not an authority in the church. And if it ever turns out that there's a problem with Kennedy Hall, that has nothing to do with the Catholic church and no one should associate it with that. Church Milton is not a Catholic organization. And what the problem is, is now what's happening is, is people are associating Church Milton with right-wing traditionalism. Church, Church Milton is not a traditional organization. They're not Catholic officially, and they're certainly not traditional. And because people were willing to, so many people were willing to just live and let live. Well, you know, there's some things that are problems, but they do good stuff. Well, look what's happening now. The mainstream and leftist press is going to have a field day with anyone ever associated with Church Milton. Again, the Thanksgiving dinner, there was some good in it, but there was a shard of glass in it, and no one should have have said, well, it's okay because it's only one little piece of glass. No, you cannot serve something like that to people if there's a chance it's going to kill them. The same is true with how we report on things. We cannot be consequentialist in our morality and say, Well, if we get the truth out there, the truth is good. So if we ruin some people's lives, that's okay. We can't do that. Okay, back to the demonic psychology thing. I'm sorry I'm ranting a little bit here. Demons don't actually work. If you talk to spiritual experts, spiritual masters and things, demons don't work together any more than like predatory birds work together. Look at the birds that you see eating the carcasses on the side of the road. They don't work together. They might communicate with each other and say, there's a carcass, there's food for us all. But as soon as there's... As soon as the food, as soon as, a, as soon as there's not very much left on the carcass, then what do they do? Then they start attacking each other and the alpha will literally kill the other birds so that he can have the leftover morsels. They don't actually work together. They just, they both revel in death and the festering corpses of dead things. And they will work with each other in order to get a piece of that because it fulfills them momentarily. That's what demons do. And this is how the people that used to work at Church Milton are acting. Sure, they'll come out and, and, and tell you about all the rot and things like that, but they will turn on each other. They will turn on each other so fast. You will see more and more drama coming out of this place, and no one should have anything to do with it. Furthermore, the ironic thing about all this is is that these individuals who are coming out of Church Milton, doing the whistleblowing and so forth, if I was an employer, if I was an employer, I would never in a million years have anything to do with these individuals. If I was a podcaster, you are you are out of your mind if you have one of these people on your shows, because what are they demonstrating themselves? They're demonstrating they're demonstrating that they have no discretion, no discretion. They're not doing this anonymously. They're not submitting things to you know um, some legitimately Catholic organization or some trustworthy news outlet and saying, "I would like to go on record anonymously." saying former employee says this or that they're not doing that they're making themselves famous by grifting on the scandal from an organization that was in and of itself a grift of scandal that they helped perpetuate for years At one time i was dealing with this catholic podcast i won't name it and uh it turned out i was getting you know taken for a ride and he actually ended up sharing some of my personal emails with one of my enemies there was nothing damning in the emails but the point is as i found this out And I thought to myself, who would ever have anything to do with someone when you realize they'll do things like put on blast your personal correspondence? You can never trust a person like this. These people are, these people have a demonic way of operating. This is what's happening in Church Milton. These people are putting on blast the sins of their former CEO because he has been caught with his pants down, metaphorically, pun intended, and, and they're willing to go on record to make themselves famous about it and they're willing to turn on everyone they worked with and saying that this is all moral they're just they're all the same michael voris has been caught uh, in the most egregious of sins but in other types of sins that were also major problems all these individuals are guilty of all the same stuff anyway rant over as always let me know what you think in the comments this has been the kennedy report till next time god bless